Hey folks, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and this is A Weekly Word. I'm so glad you're with me today. Um, however, I'm just going to start out with a, uh, a disclaimer. This is episode 12 out of 12 episodes uh, regarding The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and, and using that classical book in order to help share the faith with children or neighbors or just teaching the faith in general. And um, this might not be the best one to jump in on. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with listening to this one first, uh, but if you wanted to get the full effect, it would probably be good to go back and, and catch episode one and kind of work your way through it all. But anyhow, I'm glad you're here. Um, We've come to the end of the, uh, the story of the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Uh, Aslan was sacrificed. He rose from the dead. Uh, he defeated the white witch and saved all kinds of people who had been turned into stone and all kinds of wonderful things. And all that's left is for him to fulfill that final prophecy uh, regarding four children from our world, two sons of Adam and two daughters of Eve, who would sit on the thrones at Caer Paravel, this, uh, this castle that is part of the, the land of Narnia, where the kings and the queens are supposed to rule from. And there is a, a beautiful coronation scene that is part of the book, and the children are crowned kings and queens um, Peter is considered to be the high king, uh, but the others are kings and queens as well, which sounds a little bit odd. You know, usually there is uh, one king, one queen, um, but, you know, the two brothers are, are both kings and the two sisters are both queens, and they, they kind of serve different roles as uh, you read through the other books. Um, I think part of the reason that it is kind of a strange arrangement is that this isn't something that the children took on themselves. They never even really asked to come to Narnia. They were called there. And this work as kings and queens is part of the calling that Aslan has for them, that they are to be a benefit to the animals and the, the citizens of Narnia, and they're to take care of them and protect them and, and to make sure that they have good lives and just laws and all of those kinds of things. He's actually uh, appointing them to serve the beasts of Narnia by ruling them. And that's an important idea. And it's an idea that I think is really lacking uh, in society today. We, we think about people who have positions of authority and, uh, and, and, well, they have power. And, you know, what's the purpose of that power? Sometimes it seems like it's to amass more power or to do what they want or, or whatever else. But biblically speaking, when God appointed a king, that king was really to serve his people. And that's the model that, that is reflected here. Uh, in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, they are to use their authority to serve the people um, by making sure that they're safe, by making sure that uh, there are just laws and all of those kinds of things. Now, 
part of the service that they're going to do is they're going to engage in another struggle because there continues to be good and evil in Narnia, even though the White Witch has been defeated. Um, in, in fact, the Lewis puts it this way in the book. It says, uh, At first, much of their time was spent in seeking out the remnants of the White Witch's army and destroying them. And indeed, for a long time, there would be news of evil things lurking in the wilder parts of the forest. And this reflects a reality for our lives as well, that as we live in this world, um, as Christians, we're going to continue to engage in, in struggles. And some Christians call the struggles that I'm, I'm talking about here, they, they call them spiritual warfare. And I want to I be careful with that term because spiritual warfare is often, well, it, it's kind of overhyped and wrongly focused. Uh, it, it, sometimes when people talk about spiritual warfare, they kind of give this impression that we as Christians are all of a sudden uh, powerful. But the idea of struggle and the idea of wrestling with evil in this life, it is a reality of the Christian life. And people need to know that. Our children need to know that. Those are conversations that, that need to be had. Uh, with a new Christian, they need to know that there will be struggles as part of this life. And the heart of that struggle, the main way that that struggle is expressed is through repentance. Repentance. Um, it's the way that we live in regard to uh, we have been forgiven and we know God's truth and we love the Lord. And so we seek to change the way that we think and we act. And this is all done in the power of the Holy Spirit. God is working this in us but repentance is ultimately living in Jesus' forgiveness and our hearts being turned from the ways of the devil, the world, and even our own sinful flesh. Now, I want you to notice that the kings and the queens use their gifts to do good for the Narnians. You know, as we go through this world, we have been gifted, we have been blessed in order to use those gifts for the sake of God's kingdom, but also for the sake of our neighbors, to care for people around us. You know, so the kings and queens, they, they are servants of Aslan and they operate in his strength. And in the same way, we are servants of Jesus and we operate in the strength of his spirit at work in us. And the Lord's Prayer gives us an excellent example of, of how we live in this struggle as we pray. Um, there are two petitions in particular that come to mind. Uh, the one that says, Thy will be done. And the other that says, Deliver us from evil. I'd really encourage you to take a, a look at Luther's explanation of these two petitions in the small catechism and see who's actually active in them. You know, when he explains thy will be done, he talks about God's will being done when God breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or for his kingdom to come. And then the prayer, deliver us from evil. Well, it's really a prayer that God would deliver us from the evil one and for anyone who serves the evil one, which could mean the world, and it could even mean our own flesh. So when we think about who actually fights 
in spiritual warfare, we need to be really clear that this is God's work in our lives and it's part of his blessing and his protection for us. Now, the kings and the queens, they seek to live according to Aslan's expectation. They do their work in the name of Aslan. And we are called to live according to God's expectations as Christians. And when we live and pray, we do this in the name of Jesus. We love God for the sake of Christ. Uh, the Latin for that is propter Christum. You know, because of what Jesus has done for us, the, the salvation, the new life that he's given us, our hearts are turned to God to love him. And when our hearts are turned to love God, they're also turned then to love our neighbors. You know, and this again is done propter Christum. We love our neighbors for the sake of Christ. And this is, this is God's calling for us to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. But not because it's the right thing to do, but because it's who you are who you are called to be and who you are redeemed to be through Jesus' death and resurrection for you. And so, as much as we are going to seek to love God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind and love our neighbors as ourselves, our confidence is not in our performance in our lives. It's not in us doing the right things, figuring things out, or any of that stuff. Our confidence is is in Christ. He frees us to live. There's a neat scene when uh, uh, the children come back into our world uh, and they come back as children. Um, they come back and, and they're talking with the professor and uh, he, he admonishes them, um, don't try to get back into Narnia. You know, Christians are called to live in this world, not escape from it. They're still kings and queens of Narnia, and their hearts very much want to go back. Just as Christians, sometimes our hearts very much desire to go to be with Jesus and to live in heaven. But we're called to live in this world and for this world. We're not called to escape from it. In fact, we're called to be light in the darkness. Uh, there are two people that Jesus says are the light of the world. One of them is himself. He says, I am the light of the world. But he also says, you are the light of the world. And he has placed us here to share his light and to share his love. And so we live in this world in such a way that it shows our, our hope of salvation in Jesus. And this is for God's glory because he saved, he saved a sinner like you. Well, I mean, he saved a sinner like me too. Uh, but how amazing is that? That he has saved you and you reflect that and you show that as you go about your life. And it's also so that your neighbor can know that Jesus has saved them, that they too may believe in Jesus and by believing receive life in his name, as it says in John chapter 20, verse 31. And we trust that Jesus is coming again to take us to be with him. And, and so we live in light of what is to come. It doesn't mean that we, we quit living. It doesn't mean that we, we don't care about what happens in this world. 
but we know what is coming in Christ. We know the victory is ours in him. And so we live toward that. And as we do, we live in the confidence and peace that comes from, from Jesus' love. The fact that he, he loves you so much that he died and rose for you. You have confidence and peace because of Jesus' salvation. No one can snatch you out of his hand. You have confidence and peace because of Jesus' ability to work in you and through you, in our lives and through our lives, despite our failures to live up to his calling. He still brings the good news of his love and forgiveness to people through people like us. And we have confidence and peace in Jesus' good and gracious plan for the adventure of our lives. And I think that's a good way to look at what's coming forward, that God has a plan and an adventure for you. I don't, don't know what it is, but he's going to do something in your life. And maybe it's not to look like a king or a queen, but you are children of God. And maybe it doesn't look grand and glorious in the eyes of this world. But if it is lived in him and it displays his love and it displays his forgiveness, how much more grand and glorious can you get? I, I hope that these have been helpful for you. Um, I'm not sure what's coming up next, but I know that in the upcoming weeks, we're going to look at baptism. We're going to look at some of the seasons of the church year, some of the celebrations of the church year. Um, there are all kinds of things that, that I'm uh, looking into, um, looking across a, another year of this. So um, God's blessings. Thanks for sticking with me. And uh, um, God's blessings on you. Mm-hmm.